to Cluelessly Conscious, a platform where we as teenagers in 2020 can talk about our take on the current state of the world. I'm Divya, and I'm here today with Nina, Connor, and Melody. Sadly, Anya couldn't join us this week, but she'll be back soon. And this week, we are going to be talking about the 2020 elections. But first, let's start off with our intro game of our highs and lows of the week. So I guess I'll start. Um, my high this week is probably uh, planning and like designing graphics for an event that an organization I'm part of is having this weekend. We're doing this virtual engagement summit um, tomorrow, actually. And my low would probably be um, like even though quarantine has been hard and staying isolated is hard on mental health, especially as a very extroverted person. This week was especially bad for me because I've been inside for so many weeks. I've been quarantined even before kind of quarantine started. And so it's been difficult, but I've been learning to cope with it by doing different things that I love. And um, of course, staying inside is what you should be doing right now. So stay home, kids. Um, For me this week, um, my high was that I finally tried like – this restaurant called the Poke Company. And I've had Poke before, but I was really excited about build my own bowl Poke because I'm just one of those people that gets excited about those. So I finally tried it. It's really good. I've had it twice this week. It's amazing. You should definitely go check out the Poke Company um, if there's one near you. And a low for me this week probably was those news reports about TikTok being possibly banned by the United States government because I really like TikTok, spent a lot of hours on TikTok. I enjoy alt TikTok, straight TikTok, all of the TikTok. I love it. And I want it to stay. And I'm going to be so mad if it's gone. Like, so mad. I had a panic attack when they, like, glitched and everybody thought that it was over and it was banned. So that really did suck this week. So my highs and lows for the week. My high would probably probably be uh, kind of getting geared up on this campaign I'm working on, this local one. And then I surprisingly got third at a camp tournament I was competing in today and, like, didn't expect that at all. So that was really exciting. Um, and I would say that my low is TikTok being almost deleted, but because it wasn't almost deleted, I'd say that my low was also my high because I had a lot to do this week. So it kind of stressed me out, but it was definitely rewarding. So I'd say it was both a high and a low. Um, I guess for me, my high this week was I got ice cream for the first time in like months today and it was the best feeling ever, especially because like in California, it's so hot and I I can't handle it. Um, I guess, okay, it's kind of a weird low, but like, I wore skinny jeans for the first time in like since like March this week and it was the worst thing ever because like during quarantine I've been wearing like sweatpants and like like wide leg pants so wearing skinny jeans felt like I was like being suffocated it was the worst feeling ever I had to spend a whole day wearing skinny jeans because I was like um biking around and stuff like that so it was it's kind of like a first world problem but like I hated it so (laughs) also the TikTok thing kind of sucked too because I was like terrified that like we would not have TikTok for like ever again. So, yeah. Okay, so I guess we can get into our topic for the week, which is 2020 elections. So first, let's start off with our thoughts on Kanye entering. <laughs> the I mean, just announcing that he's running for president now. So I'm honestly not too stoked about Kanye entering the election. There have just been like the amount of problematic things and ideas that he has really bothers me. And I know that there are going to be a lot of people that are Gen Z that vote for Kanye to be quirky. And something about that really 
strikes me oddly. I just, I'm not a fan of Kanye. I think that he's pretty prejudiced in a lot of his beliefs and I don't support that at all. Not too stoked is the understatement of the century when it comes to the problematic behavior that Kanye has demonstrated. He seriously, it's like, you know, I feel like for a lot of people, um, Donald Trump getting elected, especially on the foreign political stage, was a joke. Like Americans were making a joke of the political system and that we were a joke because we had a president who was mouthing off. And I can't imagine that that perception will be at all changed if Kanye somehow ends up being president. In fact, I'd go as far as to say it's worse because at that point you're showing the entire world that the United States will blatantly hire somebody for a job that we all know that they can't perform. He doesn't even have a foreign political agenda at all. He's only focused on domestic policy. He's demonstrated problematic beliefs in the past, supported somebody that a lot of people consider to be racist, homophobic, transphobic, just to say the least. He's demonstrated the behavior that people have been trying to fight against Trump to stop. He, if elected, I'm confident will only continue to stoke the fire that Trump started, if not turn it into a full-scale bonfire. So I don't I I don't want it at all. I think like my take on this is just from the election standpoint, I don't think that just based on like past precedent and just logistics that he won't win, but I do think that voting for him is voting for him is extremely harmful because of the sort of winner take all nature of our elections because I saw this chart on Instagram where it was like they showed a picture of Joe Biden, Trump, and Kanye on like this pie chart. And basically, um, let's say there was a situation in which Joe Biden was like initially winning or people who were voting initially going to vote for him um, were in the lead. However, because Kanye enters, like a lot of Gen Zers are like, oh, let's be fun and quirky and unique. And they're like, start voting for Kanye. That takes away from, you know, the democratic sort of win um, or like at least, um, as a whole, because, like, it kind of cuts that in half, where we have half of them in Joe Biden, half of them with Kanye, and then, like, the rest with Trump, right? And again, because of the winner-take-all nature of the system, if whoever has the majority, which in, if Kanye entered, it would be Trump, because a lot of the Democrats are divided between, would probably be divided between Joe Biden and Kanye. And that, just basically, a vote for Kanye is a vote for Trump in the long run. And, you know, if we vote for Kanye, like, there's no getting rid of Trump in the White House. It's just going to be that way for like a long time if we vote for Kanye. Honestly, I think this has revealed a lot of performative activism, especially amongst like high school and college students, because there are a lot of people that have recently been advocating for certain human rights issues, you know, including Black Lives Matter, but also LGBTQ issues and things like that. But they're also talking about like promoting Kanye West when he's, you know, stood up on a stage or joined a conference with an anti-LGBTQ plus pastor. And he said that slavery was a choice and he's anti-coronavirus vaccine, terming that vaccines were the mark of the beast. I just think like he's incredibly problematic. And the fact that anyone would come so close to condone or support him is really like really bothers me. Listen, I appreciate a meme as much as the next person. I love a good joke. I love that TikTok rallies to like mess with Trump at any opportunity it can. I've signed up for the fake seats. I've put the 10,000 hats in my inventory and then not bought them. I love the joke. But the truth is, is that when you're dealing with something as serious as a presidential election, because that determines the livelihood of so many people, it's not a joke and it should not be considered that. 
this is the people's welfare. It is people who are homeless. It is people who have lost their jobs. It is people who are struggling to feed their kids. This is their livelihood. If you're not going to vote for anybody that's not Kanye West, just for yourself, just vote for the other people whose voices haven't been heard because they've been discriminated against and blacklisted and unable to vote and voice their opinions. This election system's so broken. And like, if you are given the opportunity to vote, make it count because there are people who don't get that opportunity and whose voices aren't heard. So if you're going to waste it, I'm sorry, I don't even ever endorse like not voting, but just don't even bother because I would rather you not vote than vote for Kanye West as a joke and make a mockery of the election system. I read that Kanye said he was running under a new banner called the birthday party. And then the fact that like, he's also never voted in his life. Like we knew that Trump didn't have like political experience, you know, but the fact that Kanye has never voted in his life shows just how little he cares about human rights or politics, not only like his problematic views, like just the fact that he's never voted, never politically engaged bothers me so much. There is not a single thing I could support from a Kanye presidency. Like this just, and he's taken no, luckily for us, he's taken no steps to actually like achieve a presidential run. Like he hasn't done anything or signed any papers. So hopefully he doesn't sign any papers and we don't have him running, but I have a feeling people are still going to write him in. Like they wrote in Harambe in 2016 and it's, it just, I hate it here. I think with this of how y'all were talking about how a lot of Gen Zers and teenagers may vote for Kanye to be kind of be quirky, I think we can also talk about how important it is to be involved in politics, even if it doesn't directly affect you, because it affects a lot of people. Like the candidate could describe where whether someone could have a home in this country or not. And a lot of people just disregard it with the response of like, it doesn't really matter to them because either way they're going to be fine. But that's not the case for everyone, like by POC, gender minorities, and so many people like the candidate and who our president is and their policies depend on their livelihood and like their quality of life in this country. And for those people, you should vote for the, the candidate who is giving them the best quality of life that they can and the best livelihood they can. And people really should be aware of caring about other people other than yourself. Yeah, I think Trump's talent was like, he pushed like, make your life better. Like it wasn't about everybody else. The people who voted for Trump voted to make their own lives better. But that's not the truth because we are all in this together, no matter if you like it or not. We're all stuck here. We're all citizens of this country. Every tax cut, every policy change, every welfare system that's downsized, that affects some American out there. You cannot say you are going to make America great if America doesn't mean everybody. To Trump, it means the 1%. To Kanye, it means the 1%. It means white people. It means men. It means anybody who has, is genetically set to be prosperous in this country, that is what America means to them. So don't vote as a joke for Kanye because you think it's funny. It's not. It's not funny to the people of color who will suffer because of your vote. It's not funny to the gender minorities that will suffer or the members of the LGBTQ plus community that will suffer. It's not funny. 
you have a laugh for a second, they have four years of hell ahead of them. Think about that before you vote, because it isn't just about you. Yes, you are one person voting in an election and it is your choice, but it's not really just about you. It's never been just about you. Look at the things Trump did because people voted for him for themselves. He cut health care for people who needed it the most during a pandemic. He almost plunged us into World War III. He set off a pandemic that has caused so much economic depression that the United States started needing to give out a UBI just so people didn't financially suffer to the extent that they would have. It's ridiculous. Like, I, that is one of my biggest problems with America. People here are so incredibly selfish. And I know everybody is just as a human being is like genetically set to be selfish because survival instincts and you are always looking out for yourself first. But there are some things that are just so much bigger than yourself. And I feel like we don't promote enough that you have to really think about the community and the mass. It isn't just you. It's your neighbor. It's somebody you don't even know. It's somebody whose life hasn't even started yet. It is so many people. And I just hate how selfish Americans can be just because they've been given the right to vote. They've been given the right to voice their opinions, that that gives them the right to be selfish is ridiculous to me. It's like, I don't know how to tell you that you should have compassion. Like, like it's just as simple as that. You should think about others. Even if you'll be fine, not everyone will be fine with that candidate. They're, like I said, their livelihood depends on it. So that's something to really think about when you're voting and like you're looking at a candidate's policies. Instead of just thinking about how that would affect you, think about your neighbors and your friends and just everyone as a whole. I think the prioritization that our country has is really screwed up. Like we see people prioritize money. Like obviously lots of cultures prioritize money and material things, but I think especially in America, it is the highest prioritized thing in our country over human lives, over honestly anything else. And that is so disturbing because, you know, people argue or hate the fact that their taxes are increasing but they completely forget about the people that they're helping because they're spending a couple of more like a couple more dollars every year and especially with the trump supporters like even the people that support trump like i've asked them like why do you like trump what good has he done and some sometimes they talk about you know our economy how great the economy is doing and anyone who looks at a single chart can see that it's just continuing off of all of obama's growth but even the promises, how bigoted, the bigoted promises that Donald Trump had when he was running for office, not, they haven't happened. He hasn't even followed through on the promises that he like guaranteed the people that voted for him. And I'm happy that they haven't followed through because they're awful promises and they're awful policies, but he can't even make his own promises come true. And he's honestly achieved not a single positive thing with his presidency. So I don't understand how anyone can support him. Like, his, his newest flag or whatever, I see people flying it all the time in my, old in my little town that says, like, Trump 2020, no more BS. Like, what do you mean no more BS? Trump's been in office for four years. Shouldn't there be no BS if he's been in office for four years? Like, I just, I don't understand the logic behind, like, anyone that supports Donald Trump as a person or a president. Like, even if you say that you're not racist or you're not sexist, like, and you say that like the things that he says are problematic, but at least he's good for the economy. You decided that racism wasn't a deal breaker when you elected Donald Trump. Letting that sit in is just terrifying. Yeah, like I feel like just in general, with the nature of the United States and people who support Trump in general, it's a very, it, the mindset is like 
sort of, oh, I earned this money, I worked hard, um, I deserve to keep, I shouldn't be sharing with anyone, especially with the whole like raising of taxes to support welfare programs. But that system and that mindset leads to this, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this phrase, but the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That is a cycle that continues to happen as a result of that mindset and those policies that come out of that mindset. And like, I've actually noticed this sort of like um, mindset with my own community, with the Desi community, because a lot of us are immigrants here and we're able to come here. Um, you know, it, it is pretty hard to come to this country, but once we get here, like a lot, a lot of Desi people are pretty well off and we do, um, and a lot of them do make a lot of money. But the issue is a lot of Desi people in the U, especially in California, I've noticed is that a lot of them have that mindset where it's like, oh, well, I work super hard. I shouldn't have to share my money with anyone else. I shouldn't have to pay taxes to help people who are stuck in institutionalized poverty as a result of racism, right? And like, because of the, their sort of like unawareness towards the plight of other individuals, specifically a lot of black and indigenous people of color in this country, it's, it's something that they often overlook and they tend to ignore the plight of other minority groups whereas you know what what everyone should be doing is just not just you know focusing on their own growth but just the growth of the country as a collective so that's just kind of my take on that and sort of how I wanted to bring up how the Desi community sort of fits into that narrative and how they sort of how a lot of individuals especially older individuals from that community tend to sort of um like feed into the idea of um I shouldn't be sharing my money with anyone else so yeah how many of you guys seen Donald Trump's new campaign ad when he talks about defunding the police and what people want to advocate for? So Donald Trump had an ad and if I can read what he said really quick. So basically the July 2 like second ad features images of like looting and violence on the streets and the answering service narrates with a recorded voice. I'm reading this off of PolitiFact. So this is like the transcript. It says, you have reached the 911 police emergency line Due to defunding of the police department, we're sorry, but no one is here to take your call. If you're calling to report a rape, please press one. To report a murder, press two. To report a home invasion, press three. For all other crimes, leave your name and number and someone will get back to you. Our estimated wait time is five days. Goodbye. That bothers me so much. The fact that he's okay with completely putting out false information to voters that will definitely listen to it, process it as defunding the police means longer wait times. That messes with me so much. It really seriously, like people are out here now that genuinely think that when we see, when we say defund the police, we say a five day wait time for 911 calls. Ignorance isn't bliss. It's not bliss. It's, I just don't understand how he, like a presidential candidate, could pay for an ad like that. It's devastating. It's kind of funny, though, for a guy that dislikes TikTok so much, he would be an excellent POV maker. With that kind of drama, it's like the he would make such good POVs. He, like, slams against, like, a garage door, and he's just, like, haven't been able to report the robbery of my house because I've been on hold for five years days. Anyway, sorry. I just had to say that. I just had to get that out there. But I think also something that I do want to say, because I feel like it does sound like we are bashing Trump, which we are, but I I don't think that's exclusive with bashing Republicans. I think that there were plenty of and are still plenty of Republicans that are reasonable, A, or B, don't show that same like racist, homophobic 
attitude that Trump demonstrates. You know, there have been plenty of good Republicans, and I feel like I personally don't identify as a Republican. I am a liberal person. But with that said, like, I feel like because of the actions that Trump has perpetuated, a lot of Republicans have gotten this idea that they all represent that. And do you shoulder some blame because you are complicit being a part of the party and that not and condoning if you condone what he does? But there are plenty of Republicans who are like voting against Trump and who like dislike him. So I think I guess I want to say this for our viewers. If you meet a Republican, and I've met plenty myself, have an open and honest conversation with them because they may not believe the same things that Trump does, A, or B, they may not represent the same moral things that he does. I think a lot of the times the lines between morality and policy get blurred really easily, but there are people who represent policies that may not be aligned with their moral beliefs, but they represent it for the greater good because they know that they are not, they are like the minority in terms of that moral belief. And so, I don't know, I guess I don't want that line blurred so often that that turns you away from people that you could speak to and open up and talk about. Because like, just like we're having this conversation now, I think you have that conversation with other people and you get access to perspectives that you would never have. I would hate to be somebody who blindly believes something just because it's what I personally see. Because what I see is different from what may, Nina may see, or Connor may see, or Divya may see, or anybody. Getting another perspective doesn't stop you from believing what you believe. It may change it slightly. It may change it completely. But you, at the end of the day, choose what you believe. And like, it never hurts to hear somebody else's opinion. So I guess I just want to make sure that we're not turning any of our viewers off of talking to Republicans or anybody who identifies to be a part of the conservative community. They could have valid opinions the same way that you have valid opinions. Or on the flip side, if you are a conservative, talking to somebody who's liberal. Because we all have valid opinions. This country allows us to speak our minds and to have that conversation. And like, just the same way that people are like, I can voice my opinion because of the First Amendment. Like, why can't you just use that to have a conversation with somebody about what you believe and why you believe it? So that we all have that channel of communication. Partisanship and political polarization would not be as bad if they as they are, if we would all stop being so stubborn about what we believe just enough to like listen to the other side because they have valid opinions too. Definitely. I really respect this group called the Lincoln Project, which is a group of Republicans that came out actually in support of Biden this year. And it's a Republican organization that really doesn't like Trump. That's kind of their entire platform. And I think it was really bold of them to, you know, in the modern day, like divided politics to come out against Trump. The same happened with a ton of um, George W. Bush admins, like they think they're called the 43 alumni, and they also endorse Biden. So I thought it was really respectable of two Republican organizations and groups coming out in support of a Democratic candidate, because they understood that, you know, what Donald Trump preaches is not necessarily what the Republican Party believes in. And I've seen the respect come from Republicans. I know someone from my school. I'm the chairwoman of my Martin County, of the High School Democrats of America chapter in my county. And we had a Republican from my school that decided to come to our meeting just to sit down and hear what we had to say and kind of listen to like what it was like in the mind of a Democrat. And he was super respectful. He didn't say anything like, oh, libs. And I thought it was really cool to see a Republican coming and sitting down with a bunch of Democrats just to kind of hear our perspective. And then I thought it was really bold of the Lincoln Project and 43 alumni to come out in support of Joe Biden because they understood that what Donald Trump says is not necessarily what the entirety of the Republican Party believes in. Yeah, I feel like 
that's something that should be really taken seriously, like really kind of hearing out everyone's side of the story because honestly, I struggle with that. I'm the kind of person that if I hear something that kind of I completely I I disagree with, I get very defensive about it and I start like not fighting the person, but I get very like um combative rather than having a conversation with them. And I think that's something that we need to work on because like like Melody was saying, we're in an era of political polarization where the two parties are so divided that we can't really get anything done. As we can see, like even in Congress, bills are so hard to pass because of how much we're divided. And I know that, and like obviously, it's good to have both beliefs. Um, but it's good to like have your own beliefs. But it's not it's not good to completely really ignore the other side and disregard it because that doesn't get anything done in the long run. So I think working on coming to having these conversations with another and like trying to like see the perspective of the other of the other person is really really vital to actually getting things done in this country and within congress within individual conversations in general um to get things done we need to understand each other so yeah i think it's i think right now in this like era of political polarization it's really problematic because both side on both sides of the aisle we see bills that would be supported by both parties or that represent ideas of both parties, like that could have bipartisan support, be failed purely because it was authored by a Republican or authored by a Democrat. And like they don't want the other party to have a win, which is really disturbing because it's a win for the American people. But like on both sides of the aisle, we have politicians saying, oh, well, we don't want the Republicans to pass this bill. We don't want the Democrats to pass this bill. When that really isn't what it is. Like it's something that most of the people support, but because it was proposed by someone on, by one political party or someone on the other side of the aisle, they take their support out and they find these really nitpicky reasons to not pass or to fail this, these bills. And it really prevents progress. Donald Trump just supports such a culture of hate on stupid things like your political party for no like practical reason. Like comments he's made about like Nancy Pelosi or about just liberals in general, Bernie Sanders, like publicly bashing people by name, not for their policy decisions, but for things that are physically, like like are demonstrated physically about them or things that they've said or family members that they have. He's attacking them personally. And that's when it gets different. Being a liberal, being conservative, and if you don't agree with that, isn't a personal attack. Like that's, there's a difference between who you are personally and who you are politically. And like, I don't know. I think he's promoted such a hate, a culture of hate that it's so easy for people who are conservative to hate on people who are liberal and vice versa, because the person at the highest position in this country is like openly doing it and condoning it. Honestly, maybe someone should take Twitter away from Donald Trump because he's not getting a lot of policy back like past, like Connor said, to back what he's saying. But the fact that he's saying the things that he says pisses people off so much. And then also on the flip side makes people believe what he's saying so much that it's like promoting such a horrible and like toxic culture. So maybe if we took Twitter away from him, the problem would be slightly lessened. But I don't know, we can't take Twitter away from Donald Trump. Who is Donald Trump without Twitter? That is a more important question that we should all be asking ourselves. Who is he without his 2am tweets? I don't entirely know, but Whatever. Also, one thing. Connor, you mentioned the birthday party thing. Do you guys know why Kanye says he wants to run under the birthday party? Because 
<laughs> when he wins, it's going to be everybody's birthday. That's what he said in the interview. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's like a different breed of cocky. First of all, he didn't say if he wins. He said when. <laughs> and second of all, he said it's everybody's birthday. <laughs> that's so good, man. Wow. Not good. <laughs> it's very bad, but it's hilarious. I'm very concerned for, the, for this country at the moment. <laughs> the fact that Kanye, like, wakes up in the morning or goes to sleep at night and just, like, tweets some of the things he tweets. Like, I saw his tweet. I was reading them at ice cream with my family today. He said, I need a room full of mirrors so I can be surrounded by winners. Girl, what? Like... I just don't understand. He's like, I'm the reason I smile every day. Kim doesn't understand what a blessing I am to her. You know, I wish my my self-confidence was at 10% of what Kanye's is. And I think even then people would hate me because I'd be so cocky. But I mean, we like, should have seen this coming. The man called himself Jesus. Like Jesus, but with a Y. Wow. My like, personal favorite is her pillows are hard to sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> and then Connor was talking about how he had one about ninjas and like he has another one that's like sometimes I get emotional over fonts. These these are the funny ones, the less <laughs> egoistical ones. He said, I hate when I'm on a flight and I wake up with a water bottle next to me, like, oh great, now I gotta be responsible for this water bottle. We know you have an assistant next to you on every flight, Kanye. Don't act like you don't hand it off to them. Come on now. If you can't know. handle a if you can't handle a water bottle, how is he gonna handle an entire country? I'm so confused. But remember when Trump thought it was a flex to drink water at his rally? He's like, look guys, I can drink water. I think there's we see some commonalities, some parallels between them, right? We see some some racism, some homophobia, the you know, hatred towards water and water bottles and I just <laughs> Donald Trump wow. literally drinks water like it's a sippy cup, and it's so funny. The memes of him drinking that water are insane. They're so good. But I think Kanye West is just like a different breed. Like if you thought Donald Trump was egotistical, Kanye West was like holding beer. It's just like insane. Like Donald Trump's egotistical in the sense that he thinks that he's done everything that he said he was going to do, and he he will tell you that he's done everything that he said he's going to do, but. Like, personally, Kanye is just so egotistical. Like, he thinks he's the only person that's won anything in his entire life. He thinks that he has reached the pinnacle of society, that this man owns the universe to the point where he would wake up in front of mirrors of himself so he could look at a winner all day. Like, what? We all know that if Kanye gets elected, like, nothing's gonna, he's not gonna impose any policies. He's just gonna sit in the thing. He's gonna be like, taking Instagram pictures on Air Force One. His re-election campaign is going to be run solely on the fact that he had good Instagram photos. He's going to be like, the fact that y'all elected me and I did nothing and I'm going to run again and y'all are still going to elect me. You know, I am king. I just, I think we should just get rid of the constitution and democracy. I am king. I am actually Jesus for all of those, you know, who, who don't know. So the fact that I got nothing done is beautiful and I think we should leave it to Congress, you know, or just make me king. He's an egomaniac. But what do you guys think of that theory that the internet was passing along? Personally, I don't believe it, but I figure we should probably talk about it. The one where Kanye is only running to take votes away from Biden in 2020. I mean, it's so late. There's no way he can win. So it makes sense, especially given his previous support of Donald Trump. But I mean, there's nothing to really like conform it so or back it. But 
I mean, it would logically make sense considering he has supported so much of Donald Trump's ideas and just like rocked the MAGA hat. Like, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Um, I mean, I think it's an idea that's worth addressing for sure because he did say something about, about Biden and that he's not, he understands that he could be taking votes away from Biden and he's not against that. Um, I mean, like, as I was saying before with the winner-take-all system, like, I think that that might be the case, or, okay, I feel like he may have not done it deliberately, because I feel like knowing Kanye, I don't think he would do it deliberately to, like, take away votes from Trump, because I just, I just feel like he just wants the attention, to be honest, but I, or sorry, from, from Biden, not Trump, um, but I, I think that, like, that would end up happening like if when he if he like if he actually ends up like doing like signing the papers and that kind of stuff and like actually ends up in the race i think that's the probably one of the most fatal things about him running is that like he's not gonna win like i don't think he's gonna win but it will take away votes from joe biden and even if the more more people want like um like either joe biden or kanye trump will win because whoever like whoever's the winner whoever gets the most votes takes all gets becomes president right so i think that like that's probably the most like unfortunate thing about Kanye running is that it's just gonna give more votes to Trump in the long run. I think one thing I'd like to bring up really quickly is this culture that has recently emerged where it's incredibly hard for people to change their views and learn or improve and still be like respected or understood. I think people are often criticized for a lot of things that they've done or said in the past and it prevents them from growing as people. And it's sometimes cancel culture, but I feel like it's not just cancel culture. There's kind of a bigger issue at hand in which people will be ignorant and say certain things. And I know like I had someone who just endlessly supported Donald Trump in like sixth grade because he was in sixth grade. And even now as a high schooler, he still gets backlash for like, oh, well, you used to support Donald Trump. Like, yeah, he was 11 years old. Um, And I think it's really disturbing that it's super hard for people to be able to change their ideas and learn as people when they take in new information, which should be such like a normal and logical thing that is like doesn't have a stigma around it, but it does have that stigma of like changing your ideas. Like even seeing, I thought it was interesting to see, um, I mean, I still don't like him because of some of the other problematic things he has said, but Nick videos on TikTok is an example of someone who was so hardcore, all lives matter, so hardcore pro-Trump. He had his flag, he had his hat, his cardboard cut out of the man. And then, you know, he decided that he no longer supported Donald Trump and that he was, he came out, he came out in favor of Black Lives Matter. And I mean, those are steps to take, like, that, that should be recognized, that should be incentivized, that people should look up to and say, like, yes, this is good, you're growing. But I think there's this whole thing where people just look down on those who change their ideas. And I really hate that. I guess it's just like the best analogy I can use probably for it is like, you guys know Disney Channel original movies? Every character in a Disney Channel original movie is defined by one trait. So like, if you guys have ever seen Descendants, Carlos is defined by the fact that he just like likes dogs, even though his mom's Cruella DeVille. And that's like the only thing they ever talk about with him is that he has a dog and every outfit he wears has some sort of like fur or like a paw and they're just so on the nose about the fact that he likes dogs and like that's the one trait that they'll define him by that's it there's no other trait that he possesses that is of of importance and like i know it's a weird analogy but i guess the same thing goes for like life i think you make an impression about somebody when you meet them and that impression stays the same no matter what so it doesn't matter if that person's changed recounted anything that they said 
or how they feel about a subject because you will only ever always define them by what you initially thought about them and or what they initially presented to you. Human beings are so complex, it almost feels like a crime to degrade somebody all the way down to just being one characteristic. Like we are all the sum of so many different things, but the internet and the culture of bringing up old things that people say and not allowing people to grow is so fueled by this. Well, like let's use Tony Lopez, for example, on TikTok. He's been facing a lot of backlash because he said some really problematic things. And I'm not defending Tony Lopez in any sense of the word. But what I am saying is that those tweets are old, but everybody's just decided to cancel him. And this isn't to say like whether or not he should be canceled because I'm not going to personally go all the way into that. But what I will say is like, if it is so resented the idea that you're growing and changing, like, of course, nobody wants to grow and change because all you're going to get is hate for it. Like you're, you can never win with anybody. You either grow and change and everybody hates on you because they think you're the same or you stay the same and everybody hates on you because they don't agree with you. You can't win. So at what point does anybody feel a necessity to become better rather just all this culture's like fueling is complacency and like being complicit in who you are. And that's just like, that's such a toxic thing that just continues to happen because we're all so unwilling to see beyond that one trait that we're presented about somebody. Just because somebody's a Trump supporter doesn't mean that they can stop, can't stop supporting Trump or can't stop that horrible cycle that they're continuing. That does not mean that they can't realize the error of their ways. That doesn't mean that. I have said things that I'm probably not proud of in the past, not referencing something specific, but I'm just saying in general, probably everybody has said something that they don't like aren't proud of and something that they wouldn't want to be blasted on the internet for blasted by their friends for. We've all said stuff like that because we're ignorant. We're young. We don't know the truth of the situation. I think what's more important is educate yourself, understand and recount. It doesn't matter what you said in the past. What matters is that you have changed and you have realized that you said something that was problematic or messed up, or supported something that was problematic. I don't know. I just believe that people should be allowed to change. And I hate this, like, you are one person, one characteristic, and that is all you will ever be to somebody. All you will ever be to me, Melody, is a bang enthusiast. But, like, when it comes down to, like, yeah, this, like, stigma around changing, I really, really hate it because we all post, I know the, the four of us all post on our Instagrams and on our Instagram stories about education resources, how to be actively anti-racist, how to grow, how to learn this. And like people didn't see those before. There's a reason we post them. It's so people can learn and change their beliefs. And I know there are a lot of other people that post specifically on Instagram stories or tweets about how to improve as a human being and how to improve your political beliefs or your morality beliefs or whatever you know, you believe in and improve as a person. And we keep promoting this idea, but when people actually read these things and they decide, okay, you're right, I'm gonna change my ideas. I'm gonna change what I see as moral, what I see as not moral. You know, we shut them down for that. And I really, really hate that because it's super hypocritical of someone to advocate for something. And then when others decide to join their side, instantly slam them down because in the past they didn't know. And in the past, they advocated for the other thing. So I really agree with you, Melody. And I hate that that is something that we have 
like as Gen Z specifically, I mean, obviously probably not the four of us, but as a generation, a lot of people have further perpetuated. Again, with what we were saying earlier, I think it comes down to having that honest conversation, willing to listen to other perspectives and then sharing our perspective. And if people are willing to, like, if you're calmly explaining something, of course, people are going to be willing to listen to more, even though, I mean, yeah, if you explain something and then you listen to their perspective and share your perspective, I feel like that results in, you know, them being more open to listen to you, as well as them possibly changing their views. And we need to, like, respect that and, you know, allow for that to happen, whereas, there have been some cases of like cancel culture where even if a genuine apology is given, I'm not saying for like half, half like baked apologies, those we should, we should hold people accountable. But if someone's giving a genuine um, apolo apology, yet they're still being, you know, like hated on and people are like calling out stuff that they've done in the past, I think it's just really difficult. It's like, where do they go from there then? Like, what do you want them to do? They, they, they changed their views and they genuinely apologized and you know that should just it should just be left there yeah i think if their actions match their words we should absolutely encourage them to change and back them as people obviously if their actions don't match their words and can they continue to perpetuate things that they claim they don't um that is something that should be addressed and people should be held accountable for that but i think at this point we should probably consider wrapping things up if there's anything else anyone wants to say before we do so um, go ahead. I just think there's like always going to be an stigma around the past. And like, I think the best example I can use is a lot of people were calling for racist policies when everything with George Floyd was at its kind of peak to kind of be left in the past. If you aren't willing to apply that to growth as human beings, then you shouldn't be saying it at all. In the 60s, a racist law was okay. It's not okay today. Why can't the same thing be said for human growth and for human development. You know, we all don't believe the same thing we did years ago. Our lives and our views have changed as we've aged, we've matured. We are not the same per people that we were when we were kids. And that's just the truth. So stop holding people to the same standard. T times were different. Life was different. Their perspectives were different. So I don't know. I really wish people would just you know, stop just canceling people just to cancel them and instead giving them an opportunity to grow. Because if you only ever see that type of culture, what's the reason to grow if you only know you're going to get, like, pushback for it? On top of everything, last thing, vote Biden 2020, please, because he's not that great, but he's better than Trump and Kanye. And that's on wanting to not suck as a nation. And continue to advocate for local policy and, you know, just don't stop at voting for Biden. Keep putting in the effort, putting in the action. Yeah, of course. And being political isn't the same thing as being partisan. Those are two different things. You can be politically active and not push a political agenda of a party. These are different things. Understand the difference, research the difference, and promote being political. There are a hundred million thousand nonpartisan or bipartisan organizations. Go up to one and support it. Easy as Ooh, that. And know the difference between morality and between policy, because there are all things that we can morally agree are wrong. So let's all just agree those things are wrong and stop making it such an issue.
Beautiful. On that note, I think we'll wrap up today's episode of Cluelessly Conscious. And something that was brought to our attention is all of us keep saying recording and viewing instead of listening or filming and viewing instead of listening and recording. So thank you to all our listeners out there, not our viewers, because you can't see our faces, even though we record these on Zoom. Um, follow our Instagram and our socials. Our Instagram is cluelesslyconscious underscore. Yeah, on that note, have a nice night, everyone. And hope you- Vote for Biden. Vote for Biden. Vote for Biden. Trump out.